This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Michael here with you. And today on this fine Friday, uh, my wife, Brianne Fueling, will be with us for the last time this week and very excited to have her again. And today we're going to be talking about, drum roll, birth control. Awesome. I thought it probably most appropriate to not have myself do this one and to have my wife do it. So Mm. very excited to talk about this. Uh, Brief bio on Brienne. My wife, 13 years, mother of three kids, licensed professional clinical counselor. Did I get it right, by the way? Licensed professional clinical counselor. LCPC. LCPC. She's a counselor, runs the counseling Mm -hmm. center of the Village Church, and she's a florist. And so let's get going into the subject of birth control. And the question came um, from a um, just, yeah, a very well-intentioned person. And they said, does using birth control displease God? And and before we really even get into that question, I wanted to just Mm -hmm. take a moment and uh, talk to the many, 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 many women who experience infertility. Mm -hmm. And um, so we're going to spend the time in this podcast um, talking to people who have the opportunity or the ability to have biological children um, in the context of their marriage. And so I just want to say that on the front end. you know, because of sin in this world, um, some people are unable to have children and Mm. you have done nothing wrong in that circumstance. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are, as a family in a church, very pro-adoption and um, know that that is the only route that some people will be able to have a family. So I just want to put that out there for anybody who is struggling with that. And regarding the person who asked the question, um, I really just love their heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that their heart is to please God and and to make Him happy. So, mm-hmm. so Brian, let's let's talk about this. What do you think about birth mm-hmm. control? And I love that heart because I think it is so important to look at every facet of our lives and make sure that it is pleasing to God. And so I love that this question asker is really considering this area of their life and seeing how it pleases God because I think it's super important. And so when we look at the question, does using birth control displease God, it's kind of towing a line. And I can honestly say possibly and possibly not. And so I believe that there's two considerations that we have to make when answering this question. And the first is, well, what does the birth control do? And so as a fact, there are so many different types of birth controls and so many different ways that those birth controls work. And I think it is absolutely the responsibility of every woman and every man yep. to know how their birth control is working. There's too much at stake to play ignorant in this absolutely. when the life of a human being is potentially at stake, let alone the wife of your potential son or daughter. Absolutely. And so everyone is responsible for being very informed as to what medications they're taking, what barriers are using and whatever form of birth control that it is, how that is working. And so one thing that's important to remember is that maybe our medical professionals that were under their care, they might have different values and they might have different opinions as to what is a good method of birth control. And yeah, so like you could ask a doctor, um, will this harm my child? And they could say no because of their definition of a child. Exactly. Like you, like you can't just. You have to ask really probing, direct, specific questions. Yes. And for example, if I take this pill, will it take a conceived 
whatever you call it, embryo mm-hmm. and destroy it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, right. the, that's how specific and you exactly. kind of got to be about so some of this stuff. One of the biggest things we have to look at is this concept of implantation. And so most people would say that that's when life begins. And many birth controls have a backdoor method built into them to shed the lining of the uterus once something is implanted as a as a fail safe. Even though there's already been conception. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And so... Um, most people would agree that that's probably not the best idea. And so we need to really be able to know. And there's this little thing called Google that no. even if you're interacting with your medical professional and they're not giving you a clear answer, be informed. It's your responsibility. Google your medication, read mm. about it, see how it works and make a wise choice based on that. And so when we look at what it does, we really have to evaluate, is this an abortive form or is this a non-abortive form? An abortive form, also called an abortifacient, is something that once conceived kills an already conceived embryo Mm -hmm. or prevents it from implanting or Mm -hmm. prevents it from living. Mm -hmm. And so that's just kind of our first consideration is what it does. How does this birth control work? Because that has many, many implications for the decisions that we make and the way that we go about deciding if it pleases God or does not please God. So are there... Um, some pills, for example, that are not abortifacients versus some mm-hmm. pills that are. I mean, this is a highly debatable issue, yeah. but where do you personally land on that part? I was trying to do some research just because the time that I researched this heavily was before we got married and when mm-hmm. we were at uh, Moody Bible Institute. And luckily, it was actually a huge subject in one of my developmental psychology classes. And in my research, it was it was hard for me to find, even though there's certain pills that have low doses of things that are not supposed to act in that way as much as possible. But it was a little difficult for me to find any that would really um, make me feel completely comfortable that yep. they did not act in that way as a fail safe. Yep. And, th- and that's what's hard is that there seems to be in almost, if not all versions of the pill, a back door that does terminate a pregnancy upon implantation if it Mm -hmm. even gets to that point Mm -hmm. the challenge is we never know so what you don't know in a way some people think well it can't hurt you and we need to go out of our way whatever the technology is whatever the medication is to go out of our way to make sure that we're studying all possible outcomes right yeah and i think one of my biggest points i would love for people to walk away from this podcast with is that you know each of us are on a journey and we have so many decisions that we have to try to make the best decision for. And when we get to these kind of gray areas and, and and these lines that seem to not be as clear sometimes, I just pray that each of our hearts seeks to bring the most glory to God and to really err towards the side of life if we have to err towards one side because that is where we know that we can please God. And, and sometimes it's harder on us and it takes more sacrifice on our end. But at the same time, let us air towards the side of bringing God more glory and for protecting life. Yeah. So we um, are totally on the same page that our objective is to preserve life. So any kind of pill that functions as an abortifacient, um, we want to make sure we go out of our way to not take into our body. Now, we can't speak for every emerging form of medication that is currently out or will come out, which is why rather than taking responsibility and answering those questions, we want to put the responsibility back in the listener to say, study, study, mm-hmm. study. And we have found personally that doctors will give us information that actually isn't completely accurate mm-hmm. or the full scope of the story. Mm-hmm. So we need to go back and make sure that we do as much study as humanly um, possible. One of the high values is that life 
starts at conception. Um, when an egg and a sperm come together, that scientifically speaking, embryo has everything it needs to grow to be an adult. There is nothing lacking except for time. And so one of the things we want to do is at every single stage of a human's life, whether it's two cells or an adult or an old person, we want to preserve life, life, life. It's a good thing. So, yep. And there's many non-abortive forms of birth control that people can look into and have those as really viable options also. And so I think the second consideration that we have to look at is, so the first one is, you know, what what does this birth control do? How does it act? And the second one is, what is my attitude towards it? And this is a big one. Um, and so when we look at the question of, does using birth control displease God? We have to constantly be assessing our attitudes towards it. And if our attitude towards birth control or towards having children or towards sexuality or whatever it may be is not the Lord's attitude towards that, then we have a problem. And Psalm 127, 3 and 4 says, Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. How blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. And I think one of the biggest, I was going to say emerging attitudes, but that's so not true. I'm sure it's been around for a long time, but we seem to be noticing it more and more, um, are the attitudes of, of fear of having children or being able to provide for them, of selfishness. And really of, of laziness, which is yep. similar to selfishness, but has a different twist on it. Yep. And all of them, because we get to navigate these conversations, like I feel like all the time. Yes. And um, all of it, I feel like if you could boil it down, the excuse, and I use that word on purpose, is money. Mm -hmm. We don't have enough money. Uh, we want to make sure that we have enough to have a standard of living. And mm -hmm. we've, I've rarely ever talked to a couple who feels like they have enough money. Oh, yeah. Like You'll now never, I am yeah. set to jet and ready to rumble because I have enough money yeah. to raise a child. I. Yeah, I don't. I've never felt like that, and um, I don't think I've ever talked again to yep. someone who has that. You know, in the bag, they're ready to go. Yeah, nobody and, is, and and, and, I, and yeah. it's a distraction technique. You know, I think the concept of money. We are to be wise with our money and to be good stewards. And um, but at the same time, I think it oftentimes becomes an excuse for couples um, because there's something else behind that. And yep. so I, you know, I wouldn't say across the board, it's always fear, selfishness or laziness, but I would say a lot of times, um, sadly it is. Yep. So let me just be uh, a little controversial for, for a moment, right? Controversial. No. All right. So if you're not ready to have children, mm. you're not ready to have sex. And if you're not ready to have sex, you're not ready to be married. Mm -hmm. So um, that that is the end all and be all. Like you you do not have permission to get married if you're not ready to have a child, because the default response of sex, which initiates uh, and finalizes um, marriage, the end result of that is inevitably children most of the time. Mm -hmm. And to resist that and to fight that. Or to fear that. Or to be, fear that, mm -hmm. yeah. And, and so one of the things that we, we have to teach Christians is that when you get married, your marriage is the beginning of a new family. And God has wired the entire institution of marriage and the very act that, that officiates it or finalizes its sexuality 
to procreate and make the family bigger. That is one of the fundamental values that God had when he made, organized the concept of marriage, sexuality, and family. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not ready to have a family, you're not ready to be married. Mm -hmm. God mandates sexuality in childbearing and marriage. And I know one of the things that you've said many times before is that he set it up to leave, cleave, multiply. I mean, it's not... And a lot of the times Stay, people are yeah, multiply, inter- inverting this. Yes. No, uh, uh, most of the time it's cleave, then get married, stay, postpone, maybe then save, and then decide to leave, and then maybe multiply. And I just don't think that's the way that God has set up. I know that's not the way that God clearly has set up the situation. Yep. Leave, mm-hmm. cleave, multiply. Mm-hmm. Birth control does have a place, I believe, Um if our attitudes are right before the Lord and if we're seeking to please please him, I think that it can it can have a right place in in starting a family, in in the timing of that and in the size of the family. Um, in my research and just kind of refreshing my mind and looking at other people's opinions on this, there was um, a gentleman who talked about being a farmer and how he could farm the whole world if he wanted to. But you know what? He had to decide what he could responsibly nurture and bring up and really bring to a good harvest. And I think a lot of times birth control does play a, a part in the size of our families. And, you know, what is it that the Lord has called me to? What is it that he He wants? And so as long as that birth control method is pleasing to God, as long as that attitude is to be able to bring him more glory and to be able to nurture the proper amount of lives and hearts that we get to be responsible for. Birth control does have a place in marriage in different circumstances, Mm -hmm. but I think we have to be very, very diligent to be guarding our hearts and to be looking inside our hearts to know what is my agenda here? What what is my attitude towards this? Yeah. And I think if you hear resistance at all on either of us, it's because we have been overwhelmed in the Christian community with a lot of really, really bad reasons for postponing um, children and a lot of thoughtlessness as it comes to Mm -hmm. um, birth control, why Mm -hmm. they're doing it, why they're not, what they're using, almost like ignorance is bliss. And again, there's just too much at stake for ignorance, we have to actually take the time to to study it. And so, Absolutely. I'm not against birth control at all. Uh, I'm not. I'm just against abortifacients. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to make sure that every person who does it has a Christ exalting, God honoring attitude. Yes. I do get concerned. I'm very concerned um, culturally with this momentum towards the postponement of marriage mm-hmm. and the postponement of having children, yep. um, because. My fear is that whatever whatever people say, that for many at the core of that is postponing responsibility mm-hmm. and fear of of yeah, just losing your freedom. Mm-hmm. And so which goes back to selfishness. Which goes back to selfishness. But I, I want to like subcategorize them and say like, you know what? It's good to be a man. It's mm-hmm. good to be a woman. It's mm-hmm. good to take responsibility in marriage. It's good to give your life away. Mm-hmm. You know, it's good to not necessarily have all of your plans pan out the way you wanted them to. Mm-hmm. It's good to obey Jesus. It's good to have a high value of Absolutely. kids. But it's also good to be really smart. And I love the illustration of the farmer. And um, I think, like, yeah, I can think of numerous people, including our marriage, where it's okay to set a limit and say, I think this is kind of it. And should the Lord do something different, then mm-hmm. we will walk that path joyfully. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Sometimes it's fair to say we're at our we're at our limit. We have multiplied our quiver is full, you mm-hmm. know, and, and that's that's okay too, you know. And that's where is it about selfishness or is it about you know Jesus? This is the ground you gave me, and I'm going to till this to the best of my ability, absolutely, and have the best, most beautiful, fruitful harvest on the planet with that. 
And I think one of the principles that we always have to remember that is super applicable to this is that love is sacrifice. And that is the example and the definition of love that we get from Jesus on the cross and that we get from the whole way that the love of Jesus works. And when we look at starting a family and we look at children, there is so much sacrifice involved in every aspect of this. And honestly, sacrifice is very scary to all of us. And it is not natural for many of us. And it is a discipline and it is something that we have to ask the Lord to make us more like Jesus to, to be like that. And we also have to pursue in that discipline. And so I think when we see this great selfishness rising up in, in the culture, even in the Christian culture towards, like as you said, the postponement of childbearing and, and of marriage and of responsibility, we really see the opposite of sacrifice rising up and taking hold. And from a generational perspective, that's just something that I long for people to pursue is to sacrifice and to want to give their lives away to other people, to yep. their spouse, to their children. Because yes, having a spouse and having children um, are moment by moment opportunities for sacrifice. Yep. And it is hard. It's very hard to. Unless, unless you're married to me, then it's easy. It's fine. But it's and it's hard. very hard um, <laughs> to, to figure that out and to, and to constantly be doing that. Um, but that is where our greatest joy is. And that is what our calling is. And that's where the Lord meets us to empower us. Because um, he's on our team when it comes to sacrifice. He wants us to love others as he has loved us. And he desires to empower us to be able to do that. And so I think one of our biggest encouragements to people listening to this podcast is to really consider, you know, is selfishness playing a part in in these decisions? Have I been really wise in the way that I have assessed what I'm doing with birth control, how I think about this? Um, Am I I avoiding a primary purpose of marriage? And am I seeking to give my life away um, in sacrifice to the people that God in the future has given to me and my children? And just the way I'm thinking about this subject. Awesome. Well, Brian, I'm really grateful that you came and hung out with us for this week and mm, answered questions you. and uh, had a lot of fun. So listeners, I um, want to invite you back next week. We are going to have um, Pastor Tim's wife, Renee. She's going to be in the studio with us and Ooh. we're going to ask her tons of really, really difficult questions and uh, put her on the spot. It's going to be great. <laughs> so listeners, thanks for joining us. Um, three quick things on our way out. Number one, would you be so kind as to submit a question? Go to vcob.org and on our homepage will be an opportunity to submit a question number two would you share this with somebody in your life think about the person you loathe the most and give this to them your enemy and then number three would you write and review we would greatly greatly appreciate it we will see you on monday